A dream can be anything. Whether yours is to start a business, be in a healthy relationship, pursue your dream career, or to get right spiritually, every week the Dream Check Podcast brings you tips, tricks, and real-life insight from people who are living their dreams to the fullest. I'm Nicole Ivanoff, an established international wedding photographer and wife. Like you, I have so many dreams, some of which I've lived out and others I'm still pursuing daily. I'm a girl from suburban Detroit who's made her way out to LA, and although I'm no guru, I have a heart to show you that if I or anyone who comes on this podcast can do it, so can you. Welcome to the show. Time to check in. What's up, everyone? I am so excited to introduce my very first guest on the Dream Check podcast. My husband, best friend, future baby daddy, and a man who also happens to be an amazing leader, partner at a marketing agency, Knox, a music artist manager, and above all else, a God-fearing man. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Nico Ivanoff to the show. Yo, babe, that was by far the most incredible intro I've ever gotten. Side note, y'all heard that future baby daddy like was good. (laughs) Our future. Well, we'll see. For reference. (laughs) Okay, well, we're going to go right into it. I am so excited um, to ask you this question as my first guest. What is a dream that you currently have right now in this moment? Maybe something I don't even know. Yeah, well, first and foremost, huge honor to be the first person to answer this question. Um, I mean, obviously, you know about like all the dreams that I have like within uh, ministry or within you know my career or things like that. But I think something that I have just been really dreaming about lately um has been starting a foundation that does a couple of things like one i really 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 want to provide um scholarships for uh kids that have you know less opportunity um and also would love to do like prison outreach for incarcerated uh prisoners just you know providing them with resources whether that's like going in and and I don't know maybe it's like entertainment stuff where we're bringing in like concerts to these prisons or we're just providing hope and and I think that's that's overall like what I want the foundation to do is to provide hope um like I said with the with the scholarships um or or with the prison outreach I love that and I love how much I could see you doing the prison outreach I feel like you would become best friends with everyone in there and they would be requesting you 24 (laughs) 7 (laughs) which I don't know how I feel about that yeah yeah I was gonna say babe I don't necessarily know how I feel about that either but I mean um obviously you know me so well I think both of of these things that I'm dreaming about within this like one umbrella foundation really just have a lot to do with you know where I'm from and and how I was raised and um you know raised around a, a lot of friends that you know we didn't have a lot of opportunities whether that's resource or you know you you um you might have run-ins with the law at a really young age and unfortunately a lot of us uh didn't have uh didn't didn't ever really get out of that cycle you know I have a lot of friends as you know that are you know in and out or are in right now um in terms of jail and um you know for the kids that are you know I just think about like my old high school and going and sitting in the assemblies or whatever and I'm like man could someone just like come through and like give a really 
not just like dope motivational speech, but like give us some hope out here on these streets. <laughs> like we like, you know, there's nobody like quote famous from Albuquerque where I'm from. I mean, there's, there's definitely a few, but uh, not really anyone that's like super putting on for the city um, or like really coming back and doing a lot of things. I mean, huge shout out um, to the football camps that I used to go to as a kid. Like we had that, but a- as a whole, there's just not really like that hope. Um, yeah, I think when you think of like an assembly at a school, like you dread it as a kid because 100%. who knows what they're going to try to talk to you about. But it's never something that, at least for me personally, that I was excited about. If our teacher was like, there's going to be an assembly, there's a speaker. Yeah. Everyone dreads it. Dry. Um, yeah. And so it's so funny because for me growing up, I always felt like the black sheep of not just my family, but my friend group, my school, like my community. I was always into the more creative stuff, singing, dancing, modeling, like all these things I always had dreams of doing. And that inspired me, you know, being feeling like a black sheep inspired me to want to encourage and give hope to others who may feel the same. And I always had this dream of starting this foundation, which is so funny that you say that. Um, called Dream Big, where I travel around to schools, uh, middle schools, high schools, and kind of talk to to those kids about if you have a dream, whatever it may be, don't let anything discourage you. Like, go after that dream with everything you have. Um, Because I feel like kids these days are so easily swayed by what other people think, and I, I think that would stop them from going after something that they feel so strongly in their heart to do. And it's, you know, it's a big passion of mine. Um, obviously, this podcast is about, you know, checking in on our dreams and and making sure that we have the tools um, to go after them, to feel like we can even achieve them. And so I love the idea of the scholarship program. I think that's huge. And I definitely think it's needed and not even for, you know, going after their dreams, but having the means to feel like they could do that, because sometimes the means to do that is a huge step. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, like you said, like, pursuing those dreams but you know even taking it a step further I mean some people not even just kids like don't even they 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 can't even have the dream because it seems so unattainable Mm. and so you know I feel like obviously living in Los Angeles you see people accomplishing their dreams all the time I mean shoot you see like you go to Shake Shack and you run into like Will Ferrell you know what I mean like you so (laughs) It, it it's so much more tangible and real here that it's easier to start casting bigger and wider dreams. But like, I just think about like, not even just my hometown of Albuquerque, New Mexico or, or your hometown, but like the quote Albuquerque's of the world, like who's encouraging those kids to dream? Because like I said, for, for me, I didn't really feel like I was ever super encouraged to even dream of those things. And like, totally feel you on like that whole like black sheep thing like you know when I was graduating high school and going into college I was like oh I'm gonna start dancing like my homies were like not against it like no one was like oh that's whack and like trying to talk me out of it but everyone definitely was like okay but it wasn't because it was me like that's kind of how I was my whole life so they were always like okay cool like here's Nico like doing this next thing and then you know, obviously that just continued to develop and it went from like, oh, I want to dance to I want to work in music to now moving to L.A. And, and so 
I think it's beautiful to like encourage people's dreams, but even just planting the seed. And like you said, with the scholarship program specifically, it's like, I wouldn't just set up a scholarship program that's like funds only, but it would be tied to a series of talks and bringing people out, you know, that are living their dreams. Like I've literally had visions of, you know, certain friends of mine that are very well established in their areas, um, whatever it may be. And, and having them come out and talk or like, you know, just making it like not dry and fun and being like, yo, like this is actually attainable. And like, here's this person and we're going to give you, I don't know, this pair of Nikes or something like that. And like actually make it fun and encouraging and exciting and, and like set it up in such a way that they're, we're able to, you know, cast vision and check in with them and, just, I mean, if we could plant that seed, like, that's just such a huge dream and passion of mine. Just planting the seed of hope, because that's, that's where it all starts. I love that. And I feel like, especially for kids, if you grow up in this bubble where your dreams aren't accepted, or you need to go to school to do this, because that's how you're going to, you know, obtain a successful life, and and that kind of thing. And I know for me, like, I went to college because everyone around me was doing it. It was like the expectation. Exactly. I wanted to move to Los Angeles, but I didn't have the money to do it. And, you know, I think everything happens for a reason. And I think I ended up here at the right time when I was supposed to. But I remember my freshman year of college, I barely made it through with my grades. Like, it embarrassing, like, because I didn't want to be there. And I almost dropped out to move to L.A. And my parents were like, absolutely not, even though I was paying for my college, which I don't know why I was. I just don't think I have the... Um, it's not in me to like do the whole live in your car until you make it situation. Mm. Like I, I could not do that. Some people that's for them. Shout out to everyone who has though. That's what I'm saying. Like God bless them because I could never do that. Um, and that was why I didn't move here. And when I was 18, I just could not afford it. Um, and so, yeah, I think that people need to be encouraged in, in what their dreams are and to feel like they shouldn't stop at anything to achieve them. Like looking back, like I'm now in, you know, so much debt from college and I'm not even using my degree. Yeah. I mean, I think, and we've like, you know, talked about this before as well. It's like, you know, even with this foundation or like the dreams that we have to, to at the end of the day, help other people. Right. Is like, yeah, look, my heart and my passion is definitely for entertainment. Right. Because that's Mm -hmm. what you know, that's what I work in. That's why I moved to LA or a very big reason why I moved to LA. Um, that, and obviously like, you know, helping plant Zoe, which has been just a, a, an incredible thing for me. Mm. Um, and so many others, but you know, the foundation in and of itself, like in, in kind of even bringing in the prison outreach is like, whatever your dream is you know if if there's kids out there that like they feel the exact same way that you feel or that we feel about pursuing you know photography singing acting dancing whatever it may be there's there's people out there that feel the same way about like being becoming a doctor or Mm -hmm. you know an architect or you know a marine biologist or something and it's like I don't want to just limit it to just the arts. I think it would definitely start there because, Mm -hmm. like I said, that's kind of the sphere that I operate in. So it would be a lot easier to really get the fire started and get people going to be like, oh, let's bring out this singer or bring out Mm -hmm. this actor, um, you know, who's from a really small town. And it's crazy because God has done such an awesome 
thing as he always does but the, I feel like the people I'm closest with in LA are also from the quote Albuquerque's of the world whether mm. that's like small town Alabama or small town Florida you know coming up and facing very similar realities of like oh be an actor that could never happen oh yeah. be 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 a, a a rock and roll singer or a pop singer like mm-hmm. yeah right that could never happen and so, yeah, I mean, just just pressing in and, and opening up those opportunities to be like, you know what, doesn't whatever it is that you want to be, you can be it. And um, here, here's here's a here's a group of people that are no different than you mm-hmm. that are doing exactly what they wanted to do because somewhere along the way they caught the vision and they never let go of it. Mm-hmm. And shoot, like you said, moving out here without the finances. I mean, it was like the same thing. Like I couldn't get out here. And even when I did get out here, it was such a struggle. The struggle was real. But uh, yeah, that's why that scholarship would be there to be like, yo, I mean, let's let yeah. let us help you out. Yeah. So you don't have to go through that struggle. And I love that so much. Um, also, disclaimer, we're not saying don't go to college. But we are saying if you're only going to appease other people, then maybe take a step back and and think about is this what you want or is this what maybe someone else wants for you? Yeah, because actually, like, I would probably go on the record and say, do go to college. Um, like, but again, only if it's mm-hmm. what you want. I'm low key a nerd. Um, I'm and I'm the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> like Couldn't I, hate school more. I was obsessed with getting good grades. Like, I definitely was like sit in the front of class, raise my hand as often as I can. Like, the teacher, or professors, like, let's maybe hear from somebody else today. So you were the kid that people like me cheated off of. I mean, you never cheated, right? No, I didn't need to. Yeah. I mean, and I, I don't even say <laughs> that sounded so like. <laughs> you studied. I didn't. I, I didn't s- want to be there. I literally was like, oh, you have office hours. I show up to your office hour. Kid you not, one time I got a like a 97 on an exam and I asked my professor if I could see her after and she was like, what's going on? I was like, well, there's extra credit available on this exam and I just felt like I could have at least pulled like a 103 and she thought I was kidding and I wish that I was, but I genuinely was like so appalled and she was like, you literally got like the second highest grade in this class. I'm like, see, that's the problem though second highest yeah see that's a problem for me like (laughs) i have one question though were you the kid if someone were to ask you if you know the answer you said i'm not really sure i don't think it's right because that kid in school not my friend no definitely not because we all know you know the answer so just tell me you know oh you mean like if you're trying to cheat no like you know we're sitting in class and we're doing homework it's it's not a test yeah. And I lean over and I'm like, hey, do you happen to know how to do this question or do you know the answer? And you say, no, I don't think I'm I don't think my answer is right. No, I definitely wasn't like that. I probably was more so like, well, what do you think it is? And then you'd probably tell me. And then if it was right, I'd be like, yeah, that's right. Or I'd be like, I don't know. I just felt no is the answer. I would probably try and teach you it like before I just gave it to you. Um, I actually one time not to go on this like long tangent about college, but someone asked me the answer to a question in a chemistry class. And this was like freshman year, hence me taking chemistry because I studied communication. 
So it was like a prereq course, and this girl asked me the answer, and I did that. I was like, well, what do you think it is? She tells me her answer. It's definitely wrong. So I'm trying to show her what to do. She, I'm not even kidding, argues with me and is like, that's not how you do it. And I'm like, you already know me. So I'm like, what? Okay, word. Then get your. I don't even know you. Like, get your wrong answer. Then I think the infuriating part <laughs> is if she wanted that response, she would have went to the teacher. I think she asked a friend because you know the friend's gonna be like, "Yo, <clears throat> this is the answer." Yeah, but I'm just like a random person in a room full of mm. 300 other people. Like, you've never yeah. even acknowledged. I wouldn't have been approaching you in school. Yeah, it's not like we were like fr- <laughs> I am friendly, yeah. but it's not like yeah, we were yeah. homies. Like, yo, Nico is like. Hey, um, probably came up and asked me because I usually and like raise my hand and try to answer a question. Yeah. Long story short, I love school. I actually thought about going back to school, um, just cause. And, and I then mean, we thought against it. Yeah, but I mean, I <laughs> like I feel like it would be something that if I was like old and retired, like I would just like want to go just for the sake of learning. Like I think learning is dope, and so. Um, whether that's in school or out of school, like stay learning for sure. I do love that. I think there's always something to learn. I think my issue from school came more from I'm not a good test taker. And mm. in college, um, most of like my classes, at least your grade was based on like four overall exams. 100%. And I just have a lot of anxiety when it comes to tests. I could study for 10 hours a day, seven days a week and still fail a test. Like I, there's something wrong there. And but if there's homework like and I did I aced everything in high school I'm great with projects I'm great with homework but when it comes to test taking I was never any good so college for me was challenging in that aspect because your your grade is based on exams yeah no I anyway <laughs> we're segueing away from the college conversation um, and I'm gonna ask you another question um, based on um, just your history with all you know your dreams and ambitions. Have you ever had a dream that you didn't feel qualified to go after? And if so, how did you get through that? Yeah, I'm going to be real every single one of them. Um, (laughs) I don't think any of the dreams that I ever had I felt necessarily like qualified for. Um, You know, growing up where I grew up, having a single mom, not necessarily having a father figure in the picture, um, had a, a lot of tragic loss at a young age gotten a lot of trouble with the law, messing around with um, a lot of different things that I shouldn't have been doing, you know. And so uh, when you kind of, you know, by the time 15, 16 years old rolls around and, and those things are stacked up against you and you've got teachers and advisors and if the security guard at your school knows you by first name, like you're not, you know what I mean, which yeah. was my case, like I wasn't in a good position and then you know junior year rolls around people start pointing the finger like oh you know if you don't turn like it's gonna you're got an uphill battle like it's probably not gonna work out for you had friends parents tell me like you know they can't hang out with me because I'm probably gonna be the kid that's in jail or dead or whatever it may be um and by the grace of God I wasn't that so long story short I think every dream that I've ever had um I never really felt qualified for, but I just didn't really care because about like who's who's the qualification from. Mm. I guess I kind of grew up with this like "I'll show you" attitude in a lot of ways, and that was definitely my downfall. But I think you know God really switched my perspective of like this 
this curse I'm going to use as a gift now. And so it was like, I'll show you with like hard work and determination and discipline and obedience and just like being like, I don't, I'm not going to give up on this. So I think the first one was dance. Like I was, you know, 18, 19 and I was like, oh, I'm going to start dancing. And then, um, ended up getting connected with some dancers in the community and there was an audition for, you know, one of the like premier, if not the premier, um, dance companies in Albuquerque called the Disciples of Chaos, which is still ran by my big brother and closest friend, um, Trey Pickett. And I was like, I'm going to audition for this. And that was definitely a thing where it was like, bro, like qualified, like there's no way, like the people that are showing up to this room and they're only taking so many people have been dancing for 10, 11 years. Like mm-hmm. you've been dancing for six months and you're just like some white dude off the street. Like there's no way. And, you know, I showed up and like Trey, like Mr. Miyagi'd me. I like didn't give up. I was like, cool, I'm going to knock on your door at six o'clock in the morning and be here all day, every day and do anything that you say. Yeah. And that's what I love about your mindset, though, is you have a dream and even if you may not be qualified for it you become qualified for it like you set your mind to something and like you said like you were knocking on his door you were preparing for that moment yeah and most people want to achieve these dreams but don't want to put in the work Mm. and it's like you can't just say i want to be a dancer and then just like show up and expect you know what i mean it to come so easy like like anything hard work works exactly yeah i mean and then i think the other thing is like i just love what's what's said about god is is god doesn't you know he doesn't call the qualified Mm -hmm. he qualifies the called and so like understanding where your dreams and visions even come from in the first place like i didn't wake up one day and just make myself decide that dance or which ultimately led me to like wanting to be a music manager. Um, or even like, I remember telling my aunt in high school, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to go to school for communication and marketing and like business. And she was just like, the place that I was in when I was saying those things was like, kid, you ain't even going to get out of high school, like let alone like get into college and do, you know, communication, marketing and business. So I think it was like, going back to the point of understanding where your dreams and your visions come from, those things are gifts mm-hmm. and, and those don't come from you, you know, yeah. uh, whether you believe in God or whatever it is that you believe in. Um, I think we can all agree that there is some sort of higher power for me and you, obviously it's very clear that we are believers in God. And so I know that God is giving us these dreams and visions. And so it's like, this thing's a gift. Someone gave this to me. I didn't just make this up on my own. Like there's a reason why Mm. I'm having this tug on my heart and this ache in my soul, this conviction in my spirit to be like, I got to get to LA. Mm. I got to, I got to show up at Trey Pickett's door every day to dance. I got to manage this kid right now. And you know, just catching the vision and running with it and never giving up. And like, I love what you said, like you make yourself qualified. Yeah. Well, and you know, you and I are so similar in that sense. 
I have never felt qualified for any job that I started doing, even photography. Like I graduated college, um, did not want to work a nine to five, refused to apply to jobs. My parents were like, okay, you just graduated. What are you doing? Like, why aren't you applying for jobs? And I was like, I never even wanted to go to school. Like, I do not want to sit at a desk for eight hours a day. It's just not, it's not in me. Like, I can't do it. And I was in, I became a nanny at the time. It was just all, everything was just God's perfect timing. Um, And when I picked up a camera, I'd always loved photography as like a hobby. I just, you know, culture and society kind of put it in my head. Like, you can't make a living doing photography. Like, I need to pay my college debt. I need to pay my debt in general from, you know, living on my own for four years in, in college. And um, when I picked up the camera, I was like, I'm not qualified for this. I remember I, when people asked me, I'd probably been doing photography for like a year. And at that time when people say, oh, what do you do? I was like afraid to say I'm a photographer because I didn't feel qual. I didn't feel like I was a photographer. And I remember feeling so proud of myself the day that I responded with I'm a photo- I'm a wedding photographer and and that's when I finally felt qualified but the truth is like God doesn't call the qualified he qualifies the called and so I love that you said that because it's just rang so true in so many different areas of my life yeah I mean look at the end of the day it's like you just got to go for whatever it is that's on your heart and in your mind um, with all that you have because if you don't, then who will? You know what I mean? And so that's the beautiful thing about dreams is it's for you. You can't expect somebody else to understand your dream. And that's just, you know, what I kind of came to realize, especially even like when I was like, yo, I'm moving to L.A. So many people are like, what? You know what I mean? Even even your friends, like they're not necessarily throwing shade, but they'll like say little things here and there that might deter you and it's probably from a good place of intent you know Mm -hmm. hopefully I mean obviously there's a lot of people out there that do have friends and family members that are straight up cutting them down and are saying you can't do this and all of these you know different cultural expectations but look at the end of the day it's your life you're the one who's gonna need to you know lay down with it get up with it Mm -hmm. and so uh That's why I'm saying, like, I just had to go for my dreams, and I hope that everybody listening to this and why I love the heart and the idea behind this podcast so much is because I think we need to do a better job of checking in on those dreams and Mm -hmm. saying, like, where am I at with this? Am I letting go with it? If If I did let go of it, why? Is there a possibility to keep it going? Because I think with dreams and just with everything else in life, um, if you don't quit, you win. Mm -hmm. So... I love that. And I also think even for me personally, like to do a better job at checking in on my friends or on you and your dreams to make sure that you're going after them. How can I support you? Um, And just speaking of that, have you ever and you kind of touched on this, but have you ever had a dream that you didn't go after or maybe felt discouraged because of someone else's opinion? Um, Definitely discouraged, um, but I never you know, off the top of my mind, there there wasn't actually a dream that I didn't go after mm. because of somebody else's opinion. And I think that just goes back to, like, me personally because um, I don't really care for a long time. I think, you know, again, that was 
probably what was such a big downfall of mine is like I was just very hot headed and like this mm -hmm. is I'm gonna do whatever it is um and until you know I got a, a little bit older and actually moving out here and getting so involved with the church and and being surrounded by so many incredible leaders that helped me work on myself yeah but God's timing is perfect because you know he could have put those leaders around me earlier in life to make me maybe a little bit more compassionate or like thoughtful about what other people yeah. were thinking or saying to me but um that fight and that fire is yeah I was like I don't really care what you think like I'm gonna do this one way or another like I mean I signed myself up for football and then told my mom about <laughs> it afterwards and the Krugers were like not surprised yeah they were like super excited and you know basically that led to my second family you know who, who they took care of me in so many ways and taught me so much but just like asking my mom like can I play football no you can't cool I'm gonna go sign myself up for football and tell you about it later or can I start dancing? A lot of my friends looking at me sideways started dancing. You know, um, I want to start managing music artists. I literally didn't, like, know one manager mm -hmm. in Albuquerque. And um, <laughs> <laughs> I even remember when we met this, this guy who was a big mentor to us for a long time. He met me and he was like, yo, you're 19 and you are, like, you're not, like, you say you're a manager, you have no idea what you're doing. But I do love, like, your, your yeah, your zest yeah. for it. So I'm going to, like, teach you how to how to do some stuff. And he taught me a lot. And, you know, I also self-taught a lot. Yeah. You know, YouTube videos, articles, studying the greats. And so I think, long story short, there, there hasn't been anything that um, I didn't do flat out because somebody else said I could not. Oh, actually one, I wanted to be a bull rider. And my mom said that I cannot be a bull rider. You still say that to me. And honestly, I just let it go in, in one ear and out the other. I think I'd be like a dangerous situation. I think I'd be really father. good. I think I'd be really good. Yeah. Well, we'll have this conversation off the mics. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the one thing that convinced me not to do it was, out of like all the statistics that like my mom and like people were dropping on me about the bull rider thing, then all I can't people who care about your health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't remember. Well Someone being. was like, "Yeah, well, what if you take a horn to the face? Then like you're not gonna be like you're just gonna look different the rest of your life." And that's actually what convinced me not to. But um, can't support that dream, babe. Was it a serious dream? Am I upset about it? I don't it? know. You still talk about it to this day, so it seems pretty <laughs> deep-rooted. I've settled for running with the bulls. Well, that is still not happening. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, anyway, we'll so, you know, I think that given you've talked about growing up, you know, without a, a father figure very present and just in your hometown and, you know, some situations you've been in, um, not always the best. Um, you've somehow always managed to surround yourself with amazing leaders and mentors and I think that is something that has really helped mold who you are today. And so what would you say to those maybe in a similar situation as you growing up, maybe without a father figure, could be without a mother figure, or just like the support that, um, like a healthy foundation in the home or, you know, whatever it may be. How does one go about finding a mentor to help guide them and lead them in a positive light? Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, you just have to realize, like, you can't do life alone. Mm. Like, nobody's getting up and, like, at an award ceremony and is like, 
I did it. And then walks off stage, <laughs> you know, like most of them, uh, there's like this long list of people. Kanye might say that. No, even Kanye's had the music turned on him, turned up on him. He's, he's like, you really going to turn the music up on me right now? Because he's, you know, and so, hey, if Kanye's got a list of people to thank, then I think we all should. And in all seriousness, mentors have completely um, shaped who I am. And I've been, I think, one, when I was young, they were placed in my life. No, no doubt about it. I read this book called Fathered by God, and uh, as an adult, I actually read it a few months ago. And it, it just, the book made me smile because it was so evident how often... God placed mentors in my life. I mean, between, um, you know, Jeff Kruger, my football coach, and T AKA TK's dad, who uh, was my father figure up until the day that he passed. Um, you know, I had mentioned Trey. He was definitely a big mentor, older brother um, that has shaped so much of who I am. Um, I mean, the list could go on and on. Pastor Chad Veach has been a huge mentor for me. Justice uh, Ko is my big brother and, and mentor, and I've learned so much. Andrew Martz, I mean, I could literally list uh, Peter. cannot go without saying Peter. Mm -hmm. I could list so many people that have come into my life um, and were placed there, but also some that I did seek out as well. So um, I wanted... I wanted to play football and in turn I got a mentor you know what I mean so mm -hmm. like I sought out football God gave me Jeff Kruger you know I sought out dance God gave me Trey Pickett and then I moved to Los Angeles and by the time I got here I already knew how big of a role mentors had played in my life and I knew that I needed one when I got to LA and so, you know, I DM'd Michael Wilson like crazy. Like I was DMing this dude like probably six months before I got here and six months after I got here and he finally <laughs> responded. And then we met up and had an incredible, like honestly life-changing conversation. And one of the things he asked me was like, what are you looking for, man? And I just told him flat out, like I'm looking for a mentor. And, um, you know, praise God, he became that for me and is still to this day a big brother and mentor and someone I look up to very, very much, obviously, as you know, since he's so present in our lives. But um, I think basically everyone needs to pursue what's on their heart and understand that in the pursuit of that, the right people will be drawn to you because it's kind of like that saying, like, you know, birds of a feather flock together. Mm -hmm. And so understanding if you're in purpose and on your path, that along the way you're going to have those mentors show up you just have to be ready to receive them and allow them to speak into your life and discern if they are the right person to to play that role for mm -hmm. you yeah I love that and one of my favorite quotes that I say a lot within business is never wait for work to come to you go out and get it and I think that could be the same with friendships with mentors um, go out and find you know surround yourself with the type of people that you want to be like or that you want to be mentored by. Just like you reaching out to Michael, you were very persistent and it worked out in your favor in the end. And I think that, um, I think that was beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I think you cannot do life alone. Mm -hmm. So you have to reach out and that's all part of the pursuit of your dreams. Mm -hmm. And even like 
being aware of what does a mentor look like? What do I need to learn? What am I lacking? Like, can someone in this field, is it someone in, in the field that I'm dreaming to be in? Do I need mm -hmm. help in finances? Do I need help in leadership? Do I want to learn how to be a good husband or, you know, a good father when that time comes? And so there's mentors for every different season of mm -hmm. your life and every different area of your life as well. And so that's why it's, like I said, just don't limit it, you know. Mm -hmm. I love to have people sitting at my table because I feel super protected when I, you know, even just with the people I listed off. Mm -hmm. um, I'm like, all those people are straight killers. <laughs> like, I know that I have legends behind me. And that's what helps mold me mm -hmm. and keeps me accountable. Um, and it's just an honor to be able to, like, close my eyes and think of a, of a dinner table with those, mm -hmm. those men sitting there yeah. who are so strong in so many ways. Yeah, and as your wife, obviously, there's no better feeling than knowing that, like, you are surrounding yourself with the best of the best. Um, that you're protected spiritually, physically, mentally by all these great men. And as your wife, again, that's just such a great feeling. Okay, so we're going to segue to the last two final rapid-fire short and sweet questions. Are you ready? Yeah, she, you had to sneak in short and sweet because you know I'm long-winded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so best piece of advice you've ever been given and the worst piece of advice you've ever been given. Um, oh, best piece of advice I've ever been given. There's so many. Um, believe in yourself or... Uh, happy wife happy life yeah. that's a good one Wait, that's the worst advice no 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 that's okay. that's in the best um right. and then um but i would say the best is probably the if you don't quit you win mm. and so there's that and then the worst is um super super simple um two words be realistic i feel like i heard that like all the time growing up um even from people that i was or thought I was really close with. Mm -hmm. It was like, one day my life, I'm gonna do this. One day I'm gonna be on a global tour. One day we gonna be on a PJ. One day I'm gonna be able to blah, 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 fill in the blanks. I have so many different one days. I'm huge on vision and, and faith. And um, I just, if you know me, you know I'm fired up. Like I'm always legit, like pure lit. Like I'm just going ham. And I get really excited, and I've just had so many people tell me, well, you should, like, maybe tone it down or lower your expectations or be realistic. And I think that's, hands down, the worst advice that I've ever been given. I love that. I have experienced something very similar. Also, that is Nico's version of short and sweet, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much um, for being my first guest. It was truly an honor to have you. Um, and I hope that this um, episode brings hope and encouragement to all those who are listening. And you will be back. That's not even up for debate. So we are excited to see you again. Love you so much, babe. It's an Love honor. You. Believing this podcast is going to be huge. You're the best. Thanks, babe. Love you. Bye.